0: Irrelevant, evil or dead. Welcome to <laughs> Queendom. <laughs> Hello, you are listening to Grape Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture and feminism. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And we hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about queens. It's queens, people that wear crowns, generally female. Not Royals. Royals.
1: Royals of a sort. Fancy
0: birds. But before we start getting into that and talking all things um, regal, we have some wine to talk about. So, Kim, do you want to introduce our first wine this week?
1: I would love to. Um, I've been longing to try this pretty much since we started the podcast. Right. Which is the Queen Bee Viognier. Mm. This is the 2021 uh, vintage, Mm -hmm. but uh, it has existed prior to 2021. Um, we're starting with a white wine. Mm. Um, I don't feel like we've had a lot of success with Viognier in the past.
0: No, we haven't. I was looking through our previous wines the other day and Every time we have one, every time we do it, i go, "Oh, I like a Viognier," and then we try it, and I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, well, this will be great. Um, so we'll see. I have had this before. I don't remember it, so who knows? It is
1: a wine of South Africa, which... Oh, um, doesn't usually go well. No, uh, you are on record as saying, not a fan. No. But let's not, you know, let's not stack the decks against the cape honeybee is only found in the western and southern capes of south africa Mm. it greatly assists viticulturists and winemakers alike by facilitating the pollination of flowers in the vineyards this helps the vines produce delicious sun-kissed fruit like the grapes that made this wine fresh and seductively aromatic our queen bee viognier is elegantly structured with vibrant peach and tropical fruit notes the result of careful fruit selection and fermentation without the use of oak and testament to the commitment to sustainable farming of many growers in the Western Cape. Okay. I'm intrigued. I like peach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like not using oak. Oh, it's quite yellow. It,
0: yeah, but it it's very light yellow. It's like
1: straw straw is definitely the word. Straw
0: yeah, colours. Cheers. Up. Oh, it smells weird. It tastes meaty.
1: Pineapples. <laughs>
0: meaty pineapple so it tastes like gammon I mean yeah if you want your wine to taste like a Hawaiian pizza this is there you, you, you go made. nailed there it you
1: go. smashed <laughs> there's a tasting Can note of
0: these peaches
1: it's no. not bad <laughs> <laughs> damning with faint oh, praise there
0: yeah it's not It's. it will be drinkable but I, it feels like a headache in a glass So. yeah I'm
1: yeah. already not looking forward to tomorrow I normally only say this about rosé this is bad decisions in the summertime wine.
0: Yeah, I could take the. I right. This is picnic wine because even though this has been chilled, why is it still warm?
1: Yes. How? I was going to ask.
0: It was. It was been in the fridge. I
1: know because I could feel the bottle. It does feel a little bit like you bought it straight from the supermarket and then drove round to your friend's house.
0: Yeah, and you'd had it in a bag with stuff that was like a bit cold, but it wasn't <laughs> properly chilled. <laughs> Oh, where's Alex? We need Alex (laughs) scenario.
1: I mean, I thought you nailed it with Hawaiian pizza.
0: Hawaiian pizza picnic wine. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Um, But we'll see how it goes down as the show goes on. And we do have another wine um, for the second half as well. So it's not uh, the Queen of Wines, despite (laughs) being the Queen Bee. But we are going to talk about Queens anyway, because... uh, Well, why are we going to talk about
1: Queens? We're going to talk about... (laughs) We're about... (laughs) We're going to talk about Queens because it's the queen of england's jubilee this year and so we had an extra day off for it boop, boop. did we decide to record on that extra day off no because <laughs> no. we're morons we you lucky listeners are recording in advance
0: on a random day in april <laughs> on a random day in april what jubilee is it
1: Internet, what, jubil- tell us. what jubilee is it right what <laughs> alexa jubilee? what jubilee is what it? what jubilee is it this year platinum jubilee platinum. uh yeah. yeah so the platinum jubilee 70 years 70 years of elizabeth the tooth yes lizzie b um yeah so that's why we decided to talk about it but also much as we are classical mythology nerds sam and i are readers of historical fiction yes and therefore queen and royalty nerds, um,
0: a very specific time period in a very specific area of the world. But
1: we'll get into that we'll in a bit. But yeah, so it just seemed like quite a fun thing to talk about uh, in general, and also it does feel like the Queen is having a bit of a moment. So, how do you feel about
0: Lizzie Babes and all her big family? By which I mean the Royals, uh,
1: specifically the British Royals. What do you reckon? Fan? Not a fan? mixed bag okay uh obviously not a fan of certain royals i like them in a i like the queen i think the queen's quite cute um i like what she I like gives nice i like the i like the the amount of joy that her presence gives to so many people and i like I like the amount of joy and, frankly, the amount of tourism that they bring in to the country. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's sweet. I think it's quaint. I Do I think that they are absolute rulers appointed by God? No. But I also, you know, I like outdated things like afternoon <laughs> tea and doilies. Um, it, I just, I like slightly old-fashioned things. I find the hyper-focus on it a lot. And I definitely could do without the um, spiky courtier- courtiers and the racism, um, but I do I do kind of enjoy it.
0: I do like her matchy matchiness.
1: Oh, I love the matchy matchiness. Like, is it a
0: dual tone? Does it come with a hat? Yes, I'm sold.
1: Exactly. Like I just think that she's like kind of great, and I I do think that there is positivity to be had in nice national figures, like stability and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. The queen does not serve the purpose that queens and kings served several years ago. Even, the, you know, like a couple of queens before. I think really just like pre-war. A couple of queens ago. But she does still serve our purpose and there's a certain level of tradition that if you aren't like too up here and ass about it, it's kind of nice and comforting. Yeah.
0: yeah, fair enough.
1: How about you? I've never been
0: one for hooray the monarchy at all really, and my family are very anti-monarchy. Do I think they are a bit of a relic yeah probably um so i don't really have much strong feelings on my or the other I th- other than when there's
1: scandal a scandal yeah. or like severe douchebaggery i think that's the severe thing. racist
0: douchebaggery yeah. i
1: don't i don't feel so racist s- douchebaggery of Windsor. <laughs> <The third. laughs> yeah. um I th- I do think that they do quite a lot. They do bring a lot of attention.
0: But do you think they also make us as a nation look a bit outdated? Because we We're not the only America. ones. No, oh, I know we're not the only ones. But when people talk about, like, the Queen of England, I feel the Queen of England gets more coverage than the Queen of
1: Denmark. I take your point. Um, and I think you're probably right. Like, they do get more um, press coverage. But part of that is down to the fact that we are an English-speaking country and we watch English-speaking media. But also, I think we're one of the old, like, older Mm -hmm. ones. We're also pretty fucking controversial. Plus, we're obsessed with ourselves. Plus, the rest of the world kind of enjoys hating us. Yeah. They make a big deal of themselves.
0: Yeah, there's problems
1: various yeah
0: so all this to say monarchy to us we have not really a huge amount of strong feelings either way other than a mild fondness on kim's part for
1: the tradition tradition and but not in a get off my property vote leave i love jacob rees mogg kind of way yeah, yeah more in a kind of like i quite like the idea of having cakes at four o'clock <laughs> and yeah. I probably would enjoy going to a ball. And from my point of view, I'm
0: just quite impressed that old Queenie Baby has managed to stay alive for 96 years, I think she is now. Yeah. Uh, and has been there
1: throughout a shit ton of stuff, really. Yeah. My grandma was always really annoyed. <laughs> because she was like a couple of years older than the queen right and she was like she she was kind of like i know i'm not going to make it to 100 and i'm really annoyed because like she gets all this attention and i'm like it could have been me and i was like it really couldn't have grandma all right so she always had like a weird mental rivalry with weird. the
0: queen very weird yeah so when we talk about queens, obviously the word queen is kind of, um, there's a lot of meaning to it and it gets used for many different things and settings and everything else. When someone says queen to you, what do you think of in an abstract and a kind of
1: tangible sense? Shiny gold ruler lady.
0: In my head you're pulling her out the pencil case.
1: <laughs> but like, the 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 thing that I think of when I see the word queen is, like, someone bathed in gold light wearing a fancy crown mm-hmm. that has rubies on it, mm-hmm. specifically.
0: Red and gold, very regal.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think of someone with power wearing a crown. I think the key word there is power. Power plus crown. Plus fancy gown. Power plus ruler. Like, the, ruler plus crown. Like, there's there's crowns and ruling yeah. Um. The power is implicit. Not always hyster- historically accurate. No. But, uh, yeah. That's what I think about. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think the word queen is very uh, makes me think of someone very dignified. Um. I think of someone who's who's got a very high up chin. <laughs> yeah. And, um,
1: a flowing velvet robe.
0: Yeah. Not even. I don't know. Just sort of a, an. Again, I guess aristocratic. But just yeah, someone with a very elevated bearing i don't know what i'm thinking about just sort of the physical way someone carries themselves well, i think they're a, because you can see someone walking in a certain way and be like ah she's a queen like that yeah
1: well it's the idea it's the poise and structure Queens. of walking tall but also i think it's perspective of paintings
0: um yeah so i think of that and then i think i do like you say think of well, actually you know i if you say queen to me i don't necessarily think of royalty i just think of a a
1: powerful woman and i think it comes back to that power thing which i think is interesting because power not necessarily synonymous with queendom most of the points i'm about to make by the way are going to be focusing on my understanding of western history and Mm -hmm. queendom um and the little bits i've snatched from various historical uh literature that i've read well we learn most of the things that we learn within uh the english educational system system. we do recognize that there are differences in the way royalty is treated throughout the world we will touch on that as much but we're not experts so my preconceptions and anything that i'm saying here is definitely acknowledging that that it's from a very western perspective um and that it's not a blanket rule but i also do think that that's still something to unpick as we've talked about with uh the qu- old queenie queenie best being such a uh, big deal yes globally so in in the history that i'm aware of predominantly british history and and european queens not a lot of power mostly consorts or had mm. power but had to pretend like they didn't have power and it wasn't like just a given there was there's always been a lot of like but a woman can't rule, because what about her tiny bird brain? Not unlike <laughs> what we talked about with uh, women with in politics. politics. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: but um, even more so, it's like, you must have royal babies and die.
0: You can't rule, your blood's coming out of you. It should be in your brain where the decisions are made. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: And then... Go have a baby. Go have babies. Go wear pretty clothes. And don't trouble your...
0: Pretty head, pretty about head matters of about state. matters
1: of state because I'm going to chop it off anyway.
0: Hey, shout out to Henry Tudor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got
1: a big, big knob.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Um, power not necessarily reflected in the historical. Not a given. Yeah, not a given, and more often than not, a, a taken like you're saying. <laughs> queen was a, a take it. Queen was sort of a, a consort title, particularly in the West. Yeah when we talk about queens specifically are there any any that you always think of like who it, name some queens for me and <laughs> um, no you know who do you is it the ones who ruled in their own right or is it these consort types it a
1: mix uh it i to make sure it's the controversial ones mhm mary Internet, mm-hmm. and it's the i think kind of cool ones like queen victoria uh mm. i'm cool in the sense that like I don't know, she just she was good she was off there being weird and doing her thing and taking her power and being like, no, fuck you.
0: And fucking her husband to death.
1: Yeah, the the big names Eleanor of Aquitaine comes up. Mm-hmm. Queen twice. Queen of France, Queen of England. Getting that royal pussy. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the the big names in fact I said before we started recording the the minute way in which English um, education teaches us about, like, oh hey, here's some Tudors and no one else matters. <laughs> um, I was like, I didn't know anything about Queen Anne until I watched The Favourite, and then I was like, how much of this is accurate? Cause... The only thing I know about her is she was tremendously fat at the end. Yes. Fat and fat and queer. Fat and queer. Cheers
0: to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen The um, Favourite. I did know that Olivia Common and Wasserface do have a sex scene.
1: Of sorts. Face. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. And, Stur- <laughs> yeah. and Rachel Fess. But yeah, I didn't know... I didn't know anything about Queen Anne. Mm. I didn't know anything... She was
0: the last Stuart
1: Queen, wasn't she? Yes. And I didn't know anything about a lot of people. It was like, oh hey, it goes 1066, bunch of nothing. <laughs> Henry the VIII, murder, death... <laughs> Violence because God forbid a woman comes into power and then another woman comes into power yeah and everything's fine. So skipping over Edward obviously because no one gives a shit about him. I'm
0: not really sure at what point you are in this. Is this the Tudor arc? Yeah, yeah. I'm still in the Tudor arc. So it
1: goes. Fine. Ten sixty six. Whole bunch of nothing. Henry the eighth. Dead. Sad son. Brief interlude of Lady Jane Grey. Not even a queen.
0: Um, No queen, baby.
1: And then death, murder, bloodiness, how dare we have an unstable woman who has blood in her name, therefore is obviously terrible. Bloody Mary. And then Queen Elizabeth I. Wasn't she great because she didn't have sex with men? Lizzie one, But also probably was a boy because God forbid women have anything. That's the famous rumour that she was also a boy, replaced with a servant boy. And then she died and nothing happened for ages. Then parliament then nothing happened for ages and then queen victoria like that's that's how it goes
0: this is a yeah all right fair enough i will i will i will i will back you up on the 1066 to like yeah, maybe war yeah, of the roses like possibly 400 years of just like Egh. um and then <laughs> there was a lot of people there were some edwards and henry's and they moved around a lot they and all had the same was, name yeah they were all called edward or henry or richard or john um, this is what happens when you date white boys in
1: uni. This is what they're all called. Yeah. Um, of course, there is King John in the middle there, but it's like, ten sixty six. Uh, maybe Robin Hood. Do, 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 do. The Crusades. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, and then yeah, uh, Tudors. Yeah. But was the Roses like you say? Henry married a lot, didn't he? Big fat boy died. Um, and. Then- <laughs> And then it was, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'll back you up on that. I I agree with your summation of history. My summation of English
1: history. You get to the 20th century and all hell breaks loose. Um, But even then, it's like you get to Queen Victoria dies, shrug emoji, Edwards and Georges, and then. Someone abdicates at some point the Queen. So
0: this is what I. This does bring me to a point I wanted to bring up with you, which is um, so many substantial periods of British history are based around a female ruler. Victorian age. Mm-hmm. Elizabethan age. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's the Georgian age, but there were like four of them. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh gets called the Regency quite a lot. Let's not forget.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. One give,
1: no one gives a shit about the Georgian age. Everyone cares about the Regency. Oh, the,
0: Reg- the Regency drama. The Georgian drama. Which one, Which George? There's too many fucking Georges many for many George's. a start. Um And then there's the Edwardian era, and that's like, you know, like a little bit of time. Uh, what are we in
1: now? It is a toothen? What what is this? Well, we're not defined by the monarchy anymore, I think that's the point. You had Victoria, and then you had the Edwardian era, a.k.a. Victoria Light, (laughs) Um, and then you had war, and then no one gave a shit. Yeah, fair point. Everyone
0: went, oh, there are more important things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, well, now we're Tories and Conservatives and and Tories and Labour and Tories and Labour and Tories and Labour. Yeah. And then 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 it was
0: First War, Second War, Cold War. And then we stopped being defined oh, no, by
1: here. politics and started being defined by technology.
0: Okay, that's that's, that's a wars. lot. That's a lot of stuff to
1: happen in a Oh yeah, no, we stopped being defined by monarchy and started being defined by war. But also interestingly, a
0: lot of those areas that we just talked about, um, so Elizabethan, Victorian. Um, <laughs> oh no, we talked about Queen Anne. They were they were queens at the end of the rule of a certain <gasps> family. So yeah. uh, Elizabeth I was the last Tudor. Mm-hmm. Queen Anne was the last Stuart. Victoria was the last Victoria that she was the last one of the Jordan line, and she married the Saxe Coburg.
1: Yeah, yeah, line. they are they are they are different slightly. Yeah. It is different,
0: and, and now it's the Mountbatten-Windsors.
1: Yeah, and also, it is fair to say that Victoria was the end of a line because she was very much a. It's written about, I think, in quite a lot of literature that the way that she was mourned was the end of mm. mm-hmm. a, a a an era, a viewpoint. Um. And I think you know Victorian was one, Victorian age, one of the longest reigns that there yeah. have been. Um, she was sixty something years. Yes. Uh, and then Elizabeth came along and went, "Hold my drink,
0: hold my sherry." But isn't that isn't that mad though that she was sixty something years? Elizabeth is seventy now, minimum. Yeah. And the men in between <laughs> were like five, ten. I do. You know, your point is interesting. Especially, sorry, just to come back to your point that you made about power.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your point is interesting. Both we're really interesting and cool. Um, <laughs> I think the points the points blend together, which is that we don't really in the Western or uh, not even Western. We don't really in the UK
0: hmm.
1: necessarily think of queens as having had a lot of power, but queens have traditionally been longer reigns with quite significant changes and quite a lot of power, but. It genuinely feels like, for as long as there is a woman in power, there are a bajillion articles telling you how she was probably a man, or was being swayed <laughs> yeah. by her advisors, or her husband, or yeah. was insane, or all this sort of stuff. <laughs>
0: or was mad. Yes. Um,
1: and the things that you remember about reigns of queens doesn't tend to be their excellent decision-making. Okay. See, Alpha mentioned Bloody Mary. The things that they're famous for first is not always their rulership. But then I suppose I that's know. also true of the male monarchs.
0: I mean, Bloody Mary is a very good example, but then also Elizabeth was famed for, you know, one of the biggest things was um, fighting the Spanish Armada and that whole yes. body of a Feek and
1: Weeble woman. Feet weevil. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Feet and Weeble. Feek and Weeble. Feek and Weeble. Feek and Weeble. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Fair. Fair, fair, so, fair, fair. You can just that was a dead point then. Uh, sorry. I was wrong. Got <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <cut> that. <laughs> I took your point
0: of the tower and then I smothered it with a pillow. If if a woman if a female ruler, if she makes a miss quote unquote misstep, like oh I just burnt a load of Protestants, oh well Um, history is going to remember her as doing that for Ever f- forever and also as like, Oh, well, she was unstable, wasn't she? Whereas when you look at all the um all the murders of all the people in the during Mail Rule you're like, Oh well they were just putting down a, a, a rebellion. All the murders of all the children. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lester us, you know like they murdered children. Yeah. Oh, my nephew's in the way, so I'm just gonna murder him.
0: But then yeah, you know, if if a woman had um obviously we don't really know what happened to the princess in the tower, but it is Yeah we do. Well Richard, yeah. They found them. Well no, they they're yeah, but we don't know who killed them. Yeah, we if, do. But,
1: there are theories look if you've watched enough conspiracy shows you know we know I know in my heart but I just think that like when you think about queens in history more often than not they are infamous Mm. going outside of the UK just briefly just briefly Mm. let's look at Marie Antoinette for example yes and her sisters who you had what mad queen Amalia of something or other and Charlotte, Carlotta, some Caroline, Car- um, definitely a C C name, see the Caroline. Yeah, there was or a Charlotte. C word there, yeah. yeah. Who was Queen of Naples, who became a despot?
0: Yeah. Also, you've got Catherine the Great, who's yeah. called the Great, but most people remember her for allegedly fucking a horse.
1: Yep. And I mean, you've got Mary Antoinette's mother, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Therese, which Empress, but you, the point stands. Like, that's not split hairs here, shall we? <laughs> um like, there is, there is a lot of negative press. How much of that relates to kind of what we said about last week with the, um, or sort of last episode with men say bad shit about women to take their power away, um or how much of that is because history only shows us the highlights, mm. but it's interesting that um the ones that we don't remember so well are the ones that didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, it's true. I th- I do think that throughout history, um, particularly, again, like we are talking a lot about UK queens um, and very specifically English queens. We haven't really even talked about Scottish queens. Hello, Mary Queen of Scots. Um, She's in, in
1: the artists. back of my mind but I can't think of her without yeah. thinking of the woman who plays her in Rain. Right, okay. And it's, it's genuinely ruined it for me and I've never oh. even seen Rain. I've just seen so many clips of Rain that I'm like it's... oh no, I quite like her. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> But I know I, but like, she also wasn't the Queen of France. So, you know, yeah. basically, okay. spoiler alert, not all TV is factual. Really? I, it's that shocking. It's shocking news. that um, in in the time of Mary Queen of Scots, they weren't wearing top shop dresses. Do we think, though, like, you seem to be on the side of the Queens have had actual power. Mm. And I seem to be more on the side of
0: no, they, they didn't. Haven't. Yeah.
1: So I kind of want to explore that a little bit more. I don't just think that they didn't have power. I do think that they had a lot of power. I just think that we're taught about it in a way that means that it gets diminished. It's always about how much they can, um, how many babies they had and yeah. or their decision not to have babies. And it always gets sidelined, much like I do in this podcast, into bits of gossip and scandal and juicy little anecdotes yeah. like, yeah. oh... Maybe Queen Elizabeth was actually shagging Philip Sidney.
0: There were there were a few, weren't there? Sidney, Raleigh. At one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think well. I'm
1: thinking Raleigh, not yeah. Sidney. Um. And how much of that is 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 fact or fiction? And you you always get sort of taken off on these tangents. Hmm. Do we think queens in English history were predominantly figureheads, or are they actual power? Does the word when you think of it, make you think of actual power genuinely? Because I think we've sort of said it does but how much of that bears out in truth in history?
0: I think if you are looking, if you're basing this on only sheer numbers game the likelihood is that the majority of women who have been labelled as queen, not just in the UK I think, but globally uh, did not have the same level of power as a male version of their as a a male counterpart Mm -hmm. let's say um i think that is a fair thing to say because of the like you said about one sort of thing what i do think is that the women who did take that power and run with it in whichever way they found was the only way that they could Mm -hmm. i think it's made them stand out so Dramatically in history, that that's why sometimes when someone says queen, you you think of a select group of people because they are the people that have made an impact. And that's
1: why they're they're the ones we focus on. Yeah, like for all that it was negative power, Bloody Mary had a lot of power. Yes, Queen Elizabeth the First had a lot of power. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was also going to say, do we think that there is power in being a figurehead?
0: Yes, because I think, I there, think is. there is. Yeah, I think it's not that dissimilar to certain like. This is going to make it very, very reductive and very modern. But in the same way that you have brand ambassadors and and celebrities who endorse certain things, you might just be like, oh, they are just a pretty face to sell this concept, this idea, this product. But then if they are still a person and they can still choose to absolutely fuck shit up if they want to.
1: They're still, the, the, you know, the, the word influencer is a good yeah. word because they are yeah. still influencing you. They still we- they still wield a lot of power and yeah. they can manipulate you and make you f- feel a certain way. And it's it's almost quite subversive, mm. mm-hmm. I think, because to be a queen in general is quite subversive. And that is very often the story that gets told. In a lot of the fictionalized ones, it's like, oh she's whispering in the ear of the king. And that is written from a male perspective in history, a bad thing. Yeah. <gasps> Mary Antoinette has influenced the king to frivolity. She has the king's ear. But And his bowels. But, yeah. Um not for the first seven years of their marriage. <laughs> um <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it is, it's very subversive and Clever, I guess. Mm. I think it speaks to a little bit more cleverness, or the kind of cleverness that I like, where it's not like I'm going to go in guns blazing with my sword and my and my cock and be like, I am in charge of everything. <laughs> and he's got a big. <laughs> he's got a big nog. Yeah. See Edward Seymour swinging his dickle across the border abbeys of Scotland. Um, I think part of Hadrian's all came down.
0: <laughs> That's
1: the theory, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unsubstantiated rumor. <laughs> um, but it's these women have been able to not even just wield power in their time and sphere and be beloved or survive or eke out their their Mm -hmm. area of the world and wear their shiny jewels and everything. But they've also lasted in history in a way that very often their counterparts don't.
0: Yeah. Queens make landmarks in history. Yeah. In a way that I don't think men always do.
1: And I think that is because they utilise both the power that they are given from their quote unquote birthright and their position of power as a monarch and the power that they are given to the power that they are sort of confined to, which is the, the beauty or the femininity side of things that can, you know, be a prison. I definitely think, but they've, they've used that in a way that is, very significant. I mean, they are both figureheads and powerful, but some of their power comes from being, being a figurehead.
0: So we are coming to the middle of the episode, which means it's time to check in with our wine. And hey, guess what? We're going to have a break. We're going to have a wee. But before we do that, Kim, how are you finding the uh, Queen Bebe on Twenty Twenty One?
1: Yes, it has stayed warm. Yeah, it has stayed. How warm. Is it hot? Picnic (laughs) headache wine. Like I have a headache. It again, it's still not bad. It's very drinkable. I've been swigging it in a way that I do not swig white wine ever. But not in a way that I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Headache, shame, pineapples and pizza. You know what it tastes like? Watered down cheap wine in the club. It's just their wine. It's perfectly mm. fine.
0: Yeah it, it it tastes like it was something and then it changed to something else, which is a ridiculous thing. But like <laughs> like you're saying, like something that was once fizzy and then went flat. You know how something is not it's it doesn't. That's it tastes yeah. like
1: flat prosecco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it tastes like. Yeah. I, you cracked it. You, you cracked, cracked it. Heard. It's flat prosecco.
0: Yeah. So um, if you enjoy the sensation of being out for too long, drinking slightly over wine.
1: Um, if you've ever been on a booze cruise, you'll probably drink this wine.
0: If you've ever been on a picnic and then the the cooler ice has been used to go in other drinks, and then you're left with this,
1: I'm thinking of Could those. like on here, guys. I'm thinking of those like <laughs> paddle boats on the Thames for hen parties and of things. Of course you are, because of course you're always thinking of paddle boats I'm on the Thames. <laughs> always, it's all I think about all day, every day. <laughs> Kim, what's going through your mind? Paddle boats, lagata? <laughs>
0: So if you want that experience without actually having to leave the house, this is the wine for you.
1: It's a choice. Yes. We don't judge.
0: We don't. But we are gonna have a win. Yes. See you in a bit. Bye. So we're back, we're gonna talk some more about Queens and we're also gonna talk some more about wine because that's what this podcast is for. So Kim, we have a second bottle. What is it? Why is it here? We do. Um,
1: Hilariously enough, our second bottle is called The King. Ah. Long live The King. (laughs) Um, That was long live The King. Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Because even though we are talking about the uh, queens of the monarchy um, in this episode, what is a queen without a king? well historically more successful yeah (laughs) um but you know the the clue is obvious here why we have picked this wine um it's got monarchy in the title and also i think it's interesting that the queen bee was a viognier this is a cabernet sauvignon so we've got the queen wine is a white wine the king Mm. wine is the red wine the bloody heavy i'm strong man wine
0: not that we're saying wine is gendered but it is an interesting uh, yes
1: wine is definitely not gendered otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast (laughs) um but it's still i I still think it's quite an interesting thing so we have long live the king cabernet sauvignon 2020 Mm. um cabernet sauvignon is often referred to as the king of all other wines this is due to the rich tannin structure and intensity of flavor present within this variety In 2020, we harvested grapes from a number of outstanding vineyards in the New South Wales region. To be clear, that's the people who wrote this label, not we on grape culture. Yeah,
0: Thanks for the clarification.
1: (laughs) I just realised that I kind of went straight into that explanation. In 2020, we harvested grapes from a number of outstanding vineyards in the New South Wales region to make this fine example of Cabernet Sauvignon. Lively red in colour. This wine has an elegant nose of wild plums and berries complemented with notes of subtle spicy oak. Rich flavours of forest berries are supported by a seamless tannin structure finishing soft and generous
0: finishing soft and generous Mm. a wine to
1: enjoy with tender steak lamb cutlets or aged farmhouse cheddar long live the king it's
0: a very regal set of food
1: it's a very regal set of food I can't quite go over finishing soft and generous
0: how do you finish soft and generous what about you
1: (laughs) it's just oh god what an image um
0: we'll see how it goes is an Australian capsaf usually quite a good a good indication?
1: Yeah, I like a capsaf. Let's find out. After you. Finish me
0: soft and gentle, whatever. <laughs> soft
1: and generous. <laughs> soft and generous, that was it. Oh, that's the next um love speech Thank in Bridgerton.
0: <laughs> well, it smells good. It smells like wax.
1: No it doesn't.
0: I have a bad nose. I think that's the... <laughs> You have a lovely nose. Not it smells. <laughs> I don't know about these... Actually, no. Maybe these forest berries are knocking about. What's a forest berry? Forest berry. <laughs> <laughs> forest berry. Forest uh, berry. Like, I don't know. Ones that you would go and pick on your own accord is what I would term a forest berry. Into the woods to issues.
1: grandmother's house. Quite. <laughs> no, but what, what's a forest berry as opposed to, like, a hedgerow berry?
0: I don't know. This isn't mentioned, hedgerow berries. You know, the hedgerow berries.
1: The forest... Do berries grow in forests?
0: Or the vegetation? They I'm emerge. having
1: an existential berry crisis.
0: I honestly don't know. Not, <laughs> I, I don't know how much time I've spent in forests in recent years. I don't know how much of that time has been spent looking for, for berries.
1: <laughs> berries and cream? Berries and cream? All of this is getting cut.
0: <laughs> I'm a little lad who likes berries and cream. What, what do you think of the flavour?
1: Do you like the flavour? No. I do. Um, weirdly, I think that this is more plasticky mm. than the wine that we drank last time that we were like, oh, it's all crayon-y. Mm, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but it's, again, it's like just at the back of the throat where there should be butter, there's a little bit of carrier bag. Um, <laughs> With hints bag for life. (laughs) But on the lip, on the lip it's very spicy, so I I do think it just, like, kind of needs to breathe a little bit. Again, um, this is... What I'm learning is when we buy these fancy wines, we should maybe open them half an hour beforehand. Yep,
0: and we should probably not have two in a night.
1: It's spicy. Definitely spicy. Yes. Uh,
0: Why is it spicy?
1: I mean, it does feel very riding on a hunt through the woods.
0: But I do... I agree. (laughs) This feels very...
1: We killed a boar and now we feast. It, it yeah. feels very we killed a boar and now we feast.
0: Yeah, this is not an unpleasant wine. This is
1: it, it is not an unpleasant wine, and I think that it is better than the first one. Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed.
1: I'm enjoying it more.
0: I, I like it. I and I think I am preferring this to the white. We talked a bit in the first half about shows and movies and books. You you talked about rain was one of the things you <laughs> brought up. Um, do you think that there is uh an in balance in tv shows uh towards female rulers and queens over male rulers and kings because i feel like recently we've seen a lot more about female rule uh in, in yeah TV.
1: i think in modern pop culture definitely to talk about tv 100 percent, mm. everyone is way more interested in watching shows about queens mm-hmm. than they are about kings mm-hmm. like there is no four season trashy they wear top shelf dresses about, <laughs> about
0: Edward the, the Edward the
1: Sixth. But even like The Tudors yeah. does not focus entirely on Henry. A lot of, you know, a lot of what is memorable about that show is not him at all. It's not just TV shows, but I think TV shows are the latest ca- to catch up on. And I also think TV shows are the most prevalent media that we have. Besides yep. possibly social media. It used to be that films were the the gold standard the trendsetter and before that it was books you know like back in the olden times <laughs> but film was always film was always king slash queen in hollywood um but definitely i think in the last sort of 10 15 years uh, 10 years i would say we've been going through the golden the golden age of tv mm-hmm. prestige tv this big thing everyone cares certainly since it's the rise of netflix and everything so tv really is setting the bar on um what people are interested in the cultural zeitgeist and i think that certainly when it comes to tv queens are everywhere and then prior to that we had quite a lot of queen films we literally had the queen mm. lest we forget and then we the favorite we had yeah. yeah and of course you know props to philippa gregory and alison weir yeah we've had Que like queens have dominated modern literature for a very like for a very long time. I would say yep. probably 80s onwards, it's been all queens all the time. Like yeah. we off mic, we referenced pop culture that was all about the kings, and the super topical and relevant of the moment young people reference was Shakespeare. Right, yeah. You see my point? Yeah. Yeah. um i definitely feel like queens are having a pop culture moment in particular at the moment but i don't think that it's they've always been percolating
0: i think this is
1: an interesting point
0: though is that like when people uh whether it's studio executives or authors or um i don't know people who make things for people to read and consume Produces, and producers
1: directors to produce, big um, wigs.
0: obviously with feminism becoming not more, I not not more trendy. But trendy, that's the thing, and like, people going, oh, women actually want to watch stuff and, and have an input on, on the thing they're watching. Um, I think there has been a tendency to go with the quote-unquote strong female characters, and when people are looking for source material, the first place that a lot of people will go to is queens. Well, it's history. Because it's, it's history, and it's people who are documented in a way that, you know, general run-of-the-mill mud folk and not really well exactly documented.
1: there are records of rich people
0: yeah exactly I think there's a bit of that Uh retellings are a huge thing we've talked about this on the podcast before mm-hmm. anyway um, so I think there's a bit of that Um I also think it's interesting because you were talking about historical fiction and Philippa Gregory and Alison Weir and um, all these other uh, popular historical fiction authors and I think and I could be wrong please correct me if I am but I think there's more of a tendency for male readers to go for a biography of a strong, strong, not well, of a, a prominent male historical figure than there is to read a historical novel about that male figure.
1: Well, yes, I agree. Um, to be re- super reductive, dad books are biographies of dead white men. yeah, and mum books are. Romances. Ooh, romances, thrillers. About dead white women. Women doing shit or having shit done to them. Or, you know.
0: yeah, or they look like they're romances and actually it's, ha revenge, woman gets away with it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that's... That's a really, my preferred genre. Yeah, I thought it would be. But I think that that's an interesting distinction because I don't know many men who read... Historical fiction that isn't based in conflict. Um, mm. And I'm not saying they're not out there, and I'm not saying men don't read other things, but the men I know tend to, it tends to be very battle based if it is going to be historical. Um, women, I think, read about the bits in between the battles. Man in trench have had time. Man in trench have had time, win Oscar. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. That's so true. And Interesting. I was also thinking when you were talking about um the way that fiction and that we've historically handled it, I was thinking that the way that it's changed is that, and specifically what you were talking about, are retellings and the, the source material that people go to. The source material that people go to is history, mm-hmm. folklore, mm-hmm. and written fiction, novels. Mm-hmm. If you take away the novels, which are mostly about queens, and history, which is mostly about queens, you've got folklore, which is mostly about princesses. Um, Very good point. The, hist- the you know, the 20th century royal narrative for women is princesses. Specifically, obviously, I'm thinking of Disney princesses. Yes. But like, I think it's interesting that the recent cultural shift to focusing about focusing on queens does not just focus on like real stories, like The mm. Crown or like the Spanish the White Queen, Spanish princess or whatever. It also extends to things like um animation because I'm thinking of Frozen, which focuses on both a princess and a queen, um, but was quite literally re like restructured and rewritten. Yeah. Because they started writing it with the Queen as the villain. And then they were like, "Oh, hey, no, she's too cool." <laughs> Pun <laughs> not intended. Yeah. Um. Yep. And the song was too good, and they made it about this great story about a pa- like powerful female rulers and the importance of, of, you know, family ancestors and all that sort of stuff. But and I think that that's like that's maybe not the beginning, but an early indicator. If it makes it to the kids' programs, mm. where they are more about rulers. <clears throat> Yeah, and they are less about princesses in the sense of like the way that we think traditionally about princesses and folklore and and princesses as uh, basically dressmaker dolls, um, to princesses as future rulers. Because even if you look at things like Moana, you've got that's a princess that is a future ruler. Yeah, I don't feel, and I'm on record as absolutely loving Disney. Like most other Disney. Films in which they are dealing with princesses and not about those princesses as future rulers, soon to be queens. Whereas, like you get to Daddy, Frozen, I love him. Yeah, you get to Frozen, and it, it, you, and then you get to Moana, and yeah. and it does start being about actually. This is about characters who are intended to rule a kingdom.
0: Yeah,
1: and I, I think that's a really interesting shift, and I think that speaks to i've been talking for a really long time i apologize but i think that speaks to the cultural shift that we seem to be seeing which is why tv is now more focused on queens it's less about the drama and more about seeing women have agency
0: it's a really good point and i think it's that we have this tendency when we talk about princesses to see them almost in this uh what's the word the, the chaucer the noble and um, the chivalric like Oh my god, there's a term for the man who turns up and rescues the lady. Courtly love. That's the one. Uh, not courtly love. No, this this kind of courtly love, passive as- feminine aspect, which is very prevalent in mythology, not even mythology, folklore and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, your Rapunzel's, your Snow White kind of originated
1: stories. Um well, they're treated less powerfully because they're treated like children because they are.
0: Yes, they are children. Because forgetting, most of them are like
1: 13. Yeah, forgetting yeah. that actively throughout history there were several yeah. children monarchs. But um, they are treated like children. And they are treated; they are infantilized, yes, in a way. And so the word princess has become synonymous with small, young, girl small, child. Small, young, baby, do you think? Baby, like, girl child. Yes. And, Until it's a sexual thing. Yeah. And I think that that is interesting when you think about like the way the words develop, which we'll talk about in a bit. But, like, princess... If you call someone a princess, like, oh, don't be such a princess. Don't be such a priest. Mm-hmm. Don't be such a worst. Don't be such a girly girl.
0: Yeah, it's a very...
1: It's derogatory. And you can call someone queen in a derogatory term. Yeah. But I think the queen... Has not always.
0: No, Queen has. Queen is is, is it can go. It can go either it can way. Go a way, other way. way but
1: that. I am conflating something that I'm. I don't think we're quite done with yeah. pop culture.
0: But the other side of that coin is, the Queen side of it. Where you go from, the idea is that you go from princess to queen. And historically, in the folklore and things, queens have been one of two things, and queens have either been. Um, she was beautiful, and then she died and the king was distraught. Or she was a witch and evil and uh, put a spell on everyone. Like, that's those are the two... There's never just sort of a queen that's just kind of wafting around. They do have an impact, but the impact is either this um, saintly martyr storyline, mm-hmm. or it's she had influence on someone in some way and therefore she is evil and must
1: be must be punished correct but the like, point you're is either that, irrelevant yeah. or evil But
0: the point <laughs> irrelevant evil or dead <laughs> welcome to
1: queendom <laughs> is that the new divorce perheaded died? <laughs> it
0: really is um but yeah so that i feel like that was a very uh, a very prominent thing and i think it is a very recent not ne- even necessarily a very recent thing but i think that the re-examination of stories is something that has been happening for a... It's been happening all, like, throughout history. But I think through the lens of the women want to see women who do things, those things don't always have to be, oh, I killed a man, and then I killed all his friends, and I killed Bill. Like, there is a middle ground. And I mm. think that looking at some of these historical Queen stories is a way of doing that, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think leading on from that, the thing that differentiates the stories that we're being told now, which are, you know, as you said, very often retellings of historical fact mm-hmm. or historical interpretation of fact. Mm-hmm. And the thing that differentiates it now versus like something like Edmund Spence's The Fairy Queen is that there is I don't think there is as heavily or overt a level of propaganda no. now and i think most references to women in some kind of monarchy be it princesses in folklore princesses in disney or queens in literature or queens in um you know like early films and things like that has been propagandary mm. yeah. but either for or against women be bad like women be good so you've got <laughs> Here there be women. (laughs) Here there be women. Um, You've got uh, women, you know, like, here be women doing powerful things. They be shit. Yes. A la, kind of what we talked about with the political episode. Or, here be women, they're in power and they pay my wages and therefore they're so great. So great. I fucking love women in power. They're so great. (laughs) Or, you've got, this is what women are supposed to be. And then some mm. hussy comes along and ruins thing. Like I think that's quite a lot of the the, the mm. propaganda around. Like make women dainty and beautiful and subservient and slightly dim witted, and don't give them power. But whereas now I don't, I I don't think that the people. This is very cynical. I don't think that the people that are making the shows like The Crown or Rain or the white queen or the insert adjective monarch here there and everywhere
0: (laughs) i love that pub
1: (laughs) (laughs) give a shit frankly one way or the other whether women have power or not i think that they want numbers on their viewings and that's why they make these shows which in a weird way is the purest form of free speech (laughs) <laughs> because it's like, well, you're not, you're not trying to make a political point. You're not trying you
0: to... Pay for the money. You're not
1: necessarily even pandering. You're just like, there is a number. That goes up when I do this. So therefore, I'll do this. I, I just think that, like, I'd love to say, this is because this is reflective of the changing cultures, I guess, and the, and the uh, there are more women in production and more women in writers' rooms and more women and uh, more feminists doing the thing. That that is maybe true, with things coming out in the year of our law, twenty twenty two, but anything from like twenty two thousand and five to two thousand and nineteen, I'm gonna call it on capitalism.
0: A fair point. However, this is re- reminiscent of something we talked about on an episode from a couple of years ago, actually, where we talked about um, coffee table feminism, where just oh, because yeah. just because something is done with a view to financial gain is it inherently bad because it gets people seeing other viewpoints? so you know if you if you are creating a, a load of tv shows with a quote-unquote strong female lead just because you've seen it performs well mm-hmm. for whatever metrics you have does that make it a bad thing no. to do
1: no and i i i, I don't know why i said on the coffee table feminism but i probably said why feel now yeah which is i don't feel like it's a bad thing i'm just it's a cynical thing it's a cynical thing i'm not ascribing it the the thing that i would like to say is that i feel like we are more enlightened and we care we've recognized the power of queens and i think that that is true for viewers whatever gets it through the fucking door it's not a bad
0: thing if the end result is that more people see stories about the lives of women in throughout history stories have not been told
1: so we touched briefly on it i think earlier but i i am interested just before we wrap up on how you think the word queen has changed because we've been talking about it in the very literal traditional sense but we've also been talking about the changing of traditions the cha- the the challenging of what we yeah. the perceptions that we have and i think we'd be remiss not to acknowledge that queen is used in a lot of different ways uh i'm particularly interested to how you feel about it like do we think that it's being used differently do we think that that means something how do we feel about that do we embrace it sure etc yeah
0: um i think it is being used differently because now obviously that one of the, the rallying cries of the last 10 years thanks in part i think to things like RuPaul's paul's drag race is yas queen um, and there's various uh, conversations about the yasification of, of uh, various cultural figures and things, um, but I think that Queen has become and I'm going to say become but, but I don't actually mean in, the, in this time period because I think this might have been something that has been there longer in the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. um, but it is a term that has basically gone you are killing it you are doing brilliantly uh, we see you, we recognise you and we do not see you in the context of a man being present. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's very much a person in their own right, I think, is what mm-hmm. it has come to mean now. Like, if you call someone a queen, you're being like... A powerful yes, person
1: in their own you right. You are.
0: Yeah, a powerful person in their own right. A person who is deserving of praise, who is deserving of not even necessarily, like, adulation, but someone who is... um They are doing what they're doing. You recognise what they're doing, and you recognise that they have every right to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the word queen has led to a more achievable every, not more achievable, mm. more attainable everyday interpretation of the word. Mm-hmm. And that interpretation is you be confident, you do you, you celebrate what you are.
1: I agree. And I think one of my favourite things about that claiming of the word and evolution of the word is that it was definitely originally used to be derogatory to describe a man as a queen was to be like you are less than a man the royal misses, yes even a queen is less than a regular man and now it's probably one of the most used like joyful mm-hmm. celebrations of people of any gender or non-gender yeah and I think it's a glorious example of reclaiming language, reclaiming hate language to make it joyful. It should never have been hate language anyway. And the long and short of it is, 20 years ago, this was maybe used to be derogatory. Now I genuinely feel in the last 10 years, it's used to be power above. Power to the queens. Cheers. Cheers. So, before we wrap
0: up tonight, we have some wines that we have to rate. We're not going to rate the topic of Queens because Queens is good. Uh, so, <laughs> we're just going to talk about the wine instead. The first wine that we had.
1: The first wine we had was the Queen B. Viognier 2021. Uh, this was the. <laughs> I'm trying to find any nice way to talk about it. This was the warm picnic wine. This was the ham and this was pineapple the pizza, pizza. Yeah, party yeah. One. Oh, uh, God, it was just yeah. fucking fine. Like, <laughs> I just... Yeah, I, the problem is, we've been doing this for a few years now. I don't remember what rating I've given to every wine that I've liked and not liked. So, um, if you're comparing our ratings of wines, soz, it's a 2.5 maybe, like a 2? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a 2. 2. 2. I also don't know if it was vegan or not. Sorry. I
0: have no idea. It was not the one. Every time, every time I see a viognier. I think I get viognier and sancerre confused and I don't know why beyond french and I don't drink them a lot. Uh so every time I'm like yes this is the one no it's viognier hate it. Why was it hot? <laughs> it's been in my fridge. My fridge is not like an overheat. It's a fr- it's a fridge. It does the fridge thing. I'm going to go for 2.5 because the last wine that I gave a 2 I disliked more. And the second wine we had, I think, was a bit more of a success, which is a shame because it was the masculine, quote-unquote, wine. Mm.
1: Yeah, this was the Long Live the King Cabernet Savion 2020. Um, Long Live the King. The thing about this one is, it's definitely suffering for being the second wine. It's spicy. This is a Gavascon wine. Like, I... <laughs> Grape culture should be sponsored by Gaviscon and or Rennies. I'm just saying.
0: Pepto-Bismol, if you're interested, please reach out. I mean, out.
1: genuinely. Yeah. I'm not even joking. If I no. could get me some free Pepto-Bismol, my life would be so much better. Just a better. shot of
0: it with each glass.
1: I definitely like it a lot more. The hints of plastic have gone. I'm gonna just give it a three.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like It was definitely better than the first wine and uh, usually a second bottle suffers more. So mm-hmm. I think that that is a good thing um you know i'm not really a red wine drinker i thought this was nice i think i'm gonna go for a three with a potential revision if i have it as a first bottle so thanks for listening to this week's episode don't forget to check us out on social media we are on instagram at Podcast. we are on twitter at Culture uh we also have a website if you don't want to engage in that which is uh, grapeculturepodcast.co.uk on there you can see tasting notes for the wines You can see our episode notes for the show so you can find out where to buy the wines and what we've talked about. Uh, You can also see the top rated wines that we've had over the three years that we've been doing this show. Three and a bit years. But you can find out more there and you can also find out more about the great causes that we would like to sponsor as well and promote. Uh, So please do check it out. Don't forget to come back in two weeks time. We'll have a brand new episode for you. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.